Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. For the next 60 minutes, the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blocktalkradio.com slash begin. And messages to the show on Twitter at go for it can chat room is open. You can send some messages there as we talk sports and have fun doing it. All right. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rove. Willie will be joining us. Uh, talk a little bit NFL. Talk about a little bit what we saw last night. Talk about what we're going to see, what we saw last week, and what we're going to see this week in the National Football League. So we're going to talk that with Willie. Also, the head of Nyla Productions, Louis Ariola, will be joining us. Uh, and Louis, um, you know, he's he's done a few movies. His production company's done a few movies with with BET and TV One. So we're going to talk to Louis about that. And in the future, and some of the great things going on with Nyla Productions. So we're going to talk to Louis Ariola as well. So Hall of Famer Willie Rofe will be joining us. And also uh, Nyla Productions head, Louis Ariola will be joining us. Let's get right down to it. Um, some news coming out of the NBA. Um, ben Simmons, a, a guy who... Number one draft pick for the Philadelphia 76ers, a Philadelphia 76ers team that, you know, tanked up for the last few years. But at this point, a team that was now ready to finally start winning or at least attempt to start winning. And so you, you look at the whole situation with Ben Simmons and you look at Ben Simmons now and, and, and his – you know, obviously a lot of potential with Ben Simmons. I, you know, the guy passed the ball like no other. I mean, the skill set is amazing. He's tall. He's big. He's got a great skill set. And so there was big things expected from Ben Simmons. And, you know, I'm not saying that we expected the Philadelphia 76 to go to the playoffs, but I think we expected an improvement. But I will say this. The fractured foot, obviously, is a, is a, is a tough blow. And, and at this point, there's no timetable for his return. No timetable at this point in time in terms of when he's going to come back. At this point, it's it's up in the air. And, you know, obviously you have to figure out whether or not you have to do surgery. And then you also have to figure out whether or not, you know, what kind of treatment uh, will, will be involved, whether surgery, no surgery, and things of that nature. So doesn't look good to fracture foot. Obviously, he's probably going to start the season on the sidelines, in a suit, and that's not good news for the Philadelphia 76er franchise. Uh, a franchise seemingly snake-bitten. I mean, you got Joel Embiid. We already knew he had a, a foot injury, but he had a setback that second year, and he set out the first two years of his career. And then we got Nerlens Noel. Well, you drafted him knowing that he was going to basically be out that first year. But again, this was the time now where the Philadelphia 76ers were prepared or at least attempting, or at least talking about the possibilities of trying to win. This hurts that. No doubt it hurts it. But obviously now, he's out. And, and I was, you know, Tim Grover, 
I was on his Twitter page. He put out a tweet about 20 minutes ago. And Tim Grover, you don't know, he's a guy, a big-time trainer, you know, trained the likes of a Michael Jordan, a D-Wade as well. So this guy knows a lot about training, knows a lot about, you know, getting the body ready and getting the body right and getting the body prepared. Ben Simmons and his tweet, Ben Simmons, I tweeted this out too. I mean, Ben Simmons put on 33 pounds since March. That's huge. First and foremost, he said it was muscle. I don't think you can put up, you can't gain 33 pounds of muscle in that time frame. Do you know how difficult it is to gain 33 pounds of muscle? So I don't think he gained 33 pounds of muscle. It was some fat in that. But let me read Tim Grover's tweet. Ben Simmons put on puts on 33 pounds. Now a broken foot related for sure. Athletes can't add that much weight that quickly without impacting movement. Without impacting movement. So when I when I, when I heard the 33 pounds, I was like, so 33 pounds and, and, and since March? You know, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So like six months you put on 33 pounds? That don't sound right. Nor does that sound healthy. Nor does that sound healthy. And so 33 pounds in six months? You put on that kind of weight, it just doesn't seem normal. Now, I'm not alluding to any type of PEDs or anything of that nature, but I'm saying like, Putting up that, putting on that kind of weight in such a short time frame can't be healthy. It can't be good for movement. And you would expect that it would have an impact on movement. So this is obviously a big blow for the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a big blow for the franchise, big blow, big blow for the, the fan base. Just a big blow. And again, a lot of people, I'm not saying, well, I'm not saying no one expect. I'm not saying people expected the playoffs for the Sixers. They expected growth. They expected a, a team that would improve, be better. And now that, that hurts, this hurts things, obviously. That, that, that could be tough. So, Hopefully, he'll be back in a timely manner. Hopefully, he'll, you know, have a, a good rookie year. Hopefully, he'll have a good career in Philadelphia. And, and I, I'm saying hopefully, for, for many reasons, first and foremost, that's my team, the Philadelphia 76ers. And secondly, no one wants to see anybody hurt, injured, for extended periods of time, you know, a rookie that would that you know had a lot of ability, a rookie that that you know his his skill set is like I said off the you know got some great skill set. Passing ability is ridiculous. You know, the shooting is a little behind, but with a little hard work, dedication, he can get that right. But the way he sees the game, the floor, the the way he passes the basketball. It's special, man. It's definitely a special situation when it comes to Ben Simmons. But obviously now at this point in time, he's done. And, and he's going to be done for a period of time. How long? Time will be the judge. And, again, we don't know. At, it's early in the process. So we don't know the timetable at this point for his return. So and first and foremost, we got to see what the treatment situation is going to be. And I think once you figure out the treatment situation, you can probably figure out, you know, what what exactly is going to be next for Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. Wow. What a what a blow. What a blow. I mean, an absolute blow. I mean, that, that, that's a that's a that's a gut punch there. It really is because I mean, the, the promise that Ben Simmons had has, and I'm not, I'm not gonna say had, has 
and you know what he can bring to the table and what the Sixers have been going through as a franchise over the year, tanking basically, you know, losing games on purpose. As a Philadelphia 76ers fan, first and foremost, let me be honest about everything. And I've said this numerous times, numerous times on this air. I was okay. I was cool with tanking. I was cool with this team losing each and every day. I was cool with all that because I was hoping to possibly get an Andrew Wiggins. Ended up with Joel Embiid, and we'll see what that looks like. Hell, it's all about hell. I mean, I was cool. I was cool. You know, with, with Nerlens Noel getting that after the trade of Drew Holiday, I was cool with that. Cool with that. I was cool with Jaleel Okafor. I, I wanted D'Angelo Russell because, for obvious reasons, because we had the bigs and everything. But again, Jaleel Okafor, probably the best player at that point. Maybe you could argue Porzingis there, especially after the season, the rookie year that Porzingis had. But at the end of the day, can't go wrong with Jaleel Okafor. So again, I was happy with that pick. I thought they made the right move. And obviously getting the number one pick and selecting Ben Simmons, obviously to me was the right move. So the Philadelphia 76ers have made the right moves in my opinion, over the years, the moves that, that they have made were right to me. The question now becomes what comes of Ben Simmons? And, you know, you wonder, you hope. Just, a, you know, situation. I mean, freak situation. He moves on with his life and everything comes back and, and has a stellar rookie season. But again, 33 pounds. I mean, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight to put on. That's a whole heck of a lot of weight to put on in that short period of time. He said since like March. I mean, 33 pounds. That's a lot, man. That's that's, that's hard to do. Especially, you know, with the level of activity and him being so young. I mean, here's, here's a quote he said. Said, I'm a lot stronger now, said Simmons. This, this was a few weeks ago. I'm a lot stronger now, said Simmons, who was listed at 240 pounds while at LSU, but said Monday that he weighed 217 pounds. Hold on. I said March. He said he weighed 217 pounds before the June 23rd draft. So basically he gained it this summer. I said March. I was wrong on that. Summer. So June, July, August, September, this dude put on 33 pounds. 33 pounds. Wow. 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 A lot of weight, man. But he's 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 gone. Maybe we don't know for how long. And hopefully he can make a successful return. Let's go to the NFL now. Last night, we saw the Bengals and the, uh, the the Tennessee Volunteers. No, I'm sorry, we saw the Miami Dolphins. Check that, but they had the they had the orange uniforms look just like the Tennessee Volunteers last night. But anyway, we saw a, a Miami Dolphin team that went to one and three at this point. We saw a Miami Dolphin team that that has some struggles at the quarterback position with Ryan Tannehill who, you know, signed that big money deal. And and just looking at his contract, it's a situation where the Dolphins can get out after this year and the cap hit won't be, I mean, $6 million cap hit, not awful. But, I mean, if you look at Tannehill over the years, this is fifth year. And, you know, sub-500 quarterback, 30 and 38, as a quarterback in the National Football League, I mean, last year was decent. The year before that was decent as well. But, uh, you know, in terms of their record, 8-8, eight and eight, you know, you see a lot of 79s, 8-8, eight and 6-10s. Eight, and tens. You, know, you don't see – and that's just mediocrity. That's just average. 8-8 eight is average. 79 is below average. 6-10 and is below average. Well, I, I think – and I know you got Adam Gaze out there, QB guru, I guess. Guess a guy who knows a lot about the quarterback position, but at the same time, you wonder 
if you're Adam Gaze, first and foremost, Ryan Tannehill is not yours. I mean, you, you didn't bring him into this league. So are you, if you're Adam Gaze, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give this thing one year. See what Tannehill's about. See how he works in my system. If I don't like, well, he's not my guy anyway. He, he's not my guy. That's not my guy. So he's not my guy. That's a Joe Philbin guy. That's not my guy. And so being that it is not his guy, but guess what? Being that's not his guy, he can move forward. I mean, if 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 he's if he's saying, okay, maintaining help, not off to a great start numbers wise, six touchdowns, five picks. I mean, those numbers aren't great. So, and Dolphins at this point are one and three. Probably at this point won't make the playoffs unless they turn things around. But this, when you look at the Miami Dolphins, I don't think you see a playoff team. I don't think you see a playoff team. So, you don't see a playoff team in Miami. And if you look at Ryan Tannehill, this is not, this is not Adam Cage's guy. And you look at this. Look at this. You, you look at, remember Miko Grimes? Miko Grimes, you know, talking about Ryan Tannehill. And, and so you look at Miko Grimes and, you know, her going, you know, all out against Ryan Tannehill. You know, having all these tweets against Ryan Tannehill. And now, now, maybe Miko was right. Maybe Miko Grimes is on to something. Maybe. Maybe Miko Grimes knew something a long time ago about Ryan Tannehill. But she went at him early. She went at Tannehill. But maybe Miko knows something that we didn't know. Oh, some of us know. I mean, not everybody. Not everybody was, you know, in love with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he does have some decent skills. He's not a bum. Not a bum. So let's look at um, some of the things Miko Grimes said, or let's look at one thing she said back in March of 2016. Would you want a QB? This is what she tweeted out. Would you want a QB? That's so easily distracted running your offense. I sure as hell wouldn't. And for damn sure, wouldn't give him $96 million. Not my words. Miko Grimes' words. But that's just me. What do I know? I'm just a loudmouth bee with an amazing rap. Don't pay attention to anything I said. I have never before discussed a player in a negative way, ever. It's not who I am. I'm a player's kind of wife. I'm always on the player's side. Ask yourself why I went at him. You think it was for no reason? You think that I'm evil? How come it never happened before, ever? If that's who I am. My husband has been in the league 10 years, and I've only said something ugly about one player. One. Think about it. It's not that complicated. Those are the words of Miko Grimes back in March of 2016 going hard in the paint at Ryan Tannehill. Miko, there might be a lot of people that are riding with you today after the Dolphins are off to a one and three start. After the Dolphins and, and Ryan Tannehill, who struggled to this point, after the Dolphins 
at this point in time, after this one and three start, probably won't make the playoffs. So Miko Grimes, maybe we need to give you your props. Maybe you knew something that we didn't know. Maybe. If I'm the, the, the husband of, of Miko Grimes, Frank Grimes, that Twitter account would have been sliced and diced a long time ago. And I might have been messing with her allowance as well. I might have went, you know, went, went after her allowance as well. Oh, Miko Grimes, you know, she... She talked about Ryan Tannehill, and maybe Nico Grimes was right about Ryan Tannehill. Maybe. I mean, they, they got a lot of money tied in them, but if they get rid of him after this year, the cap hit isn't too, too bad. Should be interesting because he is not Adam Gaze's quarterback. So should be interesting what they do with Ryan Tannehill if – the Dolphins continue to struggle. And I don't think, if you look at that football team, and I know the NFL is a week-to-week league, but when you look at that football team, Miami Dolphins, don't look good right now in Miami. We're going to bring in a guy now. I'd like to talk NFL with him. Hall of Famer, Willie Rove. Willie. Paul, how you doing? Doing well. Willie, let's get right down yeah. to it. Go ahead. You know, just uh, you know, I'm disappointed with Josh Gordon. If he knew he had a problem, why didn't he go to rehab? You know, at the beginning of the season or after training camp, if he wanted to go to rehab, he should have went to rehab at the training camp. Obviously, he's been doing some other stuff to want to go to rehab now. Obviously, there's there's something going on behind the scenes, and we don't know if he's going to test positive for something else. But if he really wanted to play football this year. He should have went to rehab right after he left training camp when he wasn't in that instructed environment, and he could have been doing rehab for the last month. That is true. I mean, obviously, he's entering rehab at this point, and the Browns are moving forward without him. They're planning on releasing him. So I think to your point, obviously something happened, Paul. Obviously something happened. Right. If if, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna enter rehab the week before you. Are supposed to report back to the team, then something's going on. And something's been going on, and he hadn't been addressing it. For sure. For sure. I mean, maybe it's something more than just marijuana. I, I don't think it's marijuana. That's what I'm saying. It's probably a little you more. Know, he's been hanging out with Johnny Manziel. I don't think it's marijuana. It's unfortunate. I mean, a very talented kid. I mean, he, he can play. When his head's on straight, and he's, you know, he's right. He can really play. So hopefully, hopefully he can get this thing right, man, moving forward. And, um, you know, hopefully he can have a very productive career. Speaking of a guy who's had a very productive career, J.J. Watt, out for the year, back issues. And I think, you know, he tried to rush back, tried to play probably too, too soon. And ultimately it cost him his season. That's a huge blow and a huge loss for the Houston Texans. Your thoughts? Man, I, I feel sorry for J.J. Watts. He's a class act, you know, true pro, really cares about the game. You know, I saw some of that stuff he does in the offseason, and when they said, when you talk, when you start talking about backs, you know, you can't, you know, throwing all them tires and doing all that, he really trains real hard. And I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm worried that he's kind of overtrained himself. You know, we didn't do all that stuff, Paul. I mean, and especially as I got older in the league, you know, I did my belt squat or I did the leg press when I got older. I didn't even squat. And I did my upper body workout. But I wasn't putting a lot, putting anything on my back. You know, I just wanted to make sure I was had my quickness and I had my upper body strength when I got older. But, you know, once you get, we've been playing in the league a while, 
It's not about how much you can lift. It's about, you know, how good a shape you're in and how how durable your body can, can be during the course of that long season. That's a long season. And I, and I just hope this kid hadn't uh, overexerted his body and pushed himself too much, you know, because he's a, he's a workaholic. But, you know, it, it's a fine line between being a workaholic and, and uh, you know, hurting his body. And and, that, and that's going to be two back surgeries, Paul, within the course of the last four or five months. So that's that's something to be worried about right there. For sure. And, and obviously the Houston Texans are going to have to move forward without their big gun on the defensive line. And we'll, we'll see how they go moving forward without J.J. Watt. But obviously, like you said, with that back and the back, you know, you always are nervous when you hear the back. The back is a tricky thing, man. He is only 27, so maybe, you know, he you know figure this thing out, get it right, and get back on the football field next season. But that's a big blow for the Houston Texans for sure. Well, Clowney's got to step up. Clowney is supposed to be a big-time player with the number one pick in the draft was – all everything coming out of high school, Jazavian Clowney's got to step up sooner or later. I mean, he has not been, you know, what what what, what the billing was, you know. And, and I thought this was going to be a breakout year for him, and I haven't seen, I still haven't seen Clowney doing a lot. At the, it seems at this point he's seemingly healthy. He's had issues staying healthy over the past couple of seasons, so he seems to be healthy at this point. So now we can truly, truly gauge what kind of player he is, and, and how good he can be for the Houston Texans this season. should be interesting. This is a great opportunity for him to establish himself. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofen. Willie, let me ask you this. You look at the New Orleans Saints now. I mean, offensively, it's fine. Defensively, not so good. I mean, they've been having their struggles over the past few weeks. Played decently. First week, they played not so good against the Raiders. Week two, they played decently against the Giants defensively. And then against the Atlanta Falcons, they were not very good. Some people out here are calling for Sean Payton's job. I'm not one of them because I saw what the Saints were without Sean Payton a couple seasons ago. And then that year he came back, they got right back into the playoffs. They got to build up that defense. But should Sean Payton be fired, in your opinion? No, no way. I mean, it. You know, to be honest with you, since that uh Gate scandal and, and Sean Payton and Greg Williams had a special thing going in New Orleans. The defense was making plays, was turning the ball over. You know, you lost, you know, I know Dan Sharper got in trouble, but you had Dan Sharper, you had uh, Vilma, you had uh, 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 Fajita, you had a lot of – Roman Harper was playing good, but you had a lot of experience on that defense side of the ball. And it's hard to replace those guys. I think they've lost a lot of key veterans on the defensive ball. I think getting rid of Malcolm Jenkins was a mistake. He, you see him play every week in Philly. Malcolm has been to the Pro Bowl last Big year. Time. Will probably go. This is having a Pro Bowl type year this year. You get rid of Malcolm Jenkins. You get rid of uh, 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 Sproles, who are two very, very good football players. But I just think they haven't been the same since Bounty Gate. And and I think he's gonna have to go get him another. If the defense isn't doing well this year, he's got rid of Ryan. I don't know who the D coordinator before Ryan was, but he's got to go get him somebody to, to solidify that defense because I don't think he's he's an offensive guy. He's not a defensive guy. So he's got to get him a defensive guy that knows what he's doing. That's going to implement a system that's going to work, and it's going if it, unless he stays with this guy, but it's going to take a year or two. But it, it's just sad to see how good that offense can be even with a makeshift line and, and how they can score points against Atlanta, but you can't give up 40 points at home. I mean, how many points did they give up to the Raiders and Atlanta at home? You, you're not going to win any football games, Paul, giving up 40. If you score 30 at home or 25 at home, you should be winning football games. You can't give up more than 30 points at home. We should do the same thing in Kansas City, but we seem to play better at home on the road. We gave up too much, but you can't be giving up – that kind of those kind of points, and it looks like when those running backs and people get out in the open, it's it's nobody around them. It's like they're running, and nobody's there. And and I will I will say this: they had a lot of injuries last week. They had five guys out, but offensively, Drew Brees looks good. He he, I, I did see him throw some balls in the ground. 
that that you know you know because they're going to wear that young man that his arm out because they they making him throw so much. But I, I will say the offensive line played better, and they have been still productive offensively. I don't know what Drew is. He, he might still be leading the league. He was in two weeks. But they got to figure out what they're going to do. But, but Sean Payton isn't going anywhere. But you look at – you look you talked about the amount of points they've given up at home, 35 to the Raiders, 45 to the Falcons. That's 90 points. And you also look at the Saints, the cap, a lot of dead money out there. That means this is a team that really hasn't done well free agency-wise. I mean, you look at Jerry's Bird, who they brought in essentially to replace Malcolm Jenkins, and we've seen what Bird has done in comparison to what Malcolm Jenkins has done. So, I mean, this is a team they they really haven't drafted well over the years either. So, no, if no, you don't draft I'll, I'll say, well, they did. See, they, they lost – I will say this. They lost a couple of key guys – in their personnel evaluation that went to some other teams other than Mickey Loomis. And when they when they built the team back when they got Colston and they got Bushrod and they had some low-round picks and they got Jahari Evans, they were drafting well, and they were picking up some real good free agents and stuff. But for the last few years, you're right, they have not drafted well. Guys have been hurt and lost some guys, and the, the guy they drafted in the first round this year is hurt. And – uh, Bird and some of these free agents have not worked out well. I mean, he, it looks like he's slipping or falling or he's overrunning plays. And then you look at Malcolm Jenkins, who I will say was injured when he was with the Saints toward the end, but he's playing some great football right now. I, I don't know what's happened, but he flipped the switch. So the, the, the draft and free agency, that's why it's so important not to overpay in free agency, and it's so important to get some guys and make sure – that they're going to be healthy and they're going to play because a couple uh, mistakes like that can screw your whole free agency up and, and it screws the cap up and you can't go pay anybody. For sure. And, and this is a team, again, you know, like you said, you, you got to draft well and, and you got to – it's usually those teams that make those big free agent splashes, you know, are the teams that, you know, don't always get it right. And, and it's tough because there's a lot of variables when it comes to getting free agency systems and things of that nature. So you got to draft well, first and foremost, if you want to continue to win in the NFL. And that's why Seattle has been very successful, because that's a football team that knows how to draft, and then they drafted very well over the years. We're talking to Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. And Willie, the Philadelphia Eagles, you talked about Malcolm Jenkins and the Philadelphia Eagles. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, beat down the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, a beat down 34-3. to their quarterback, Carson Wentz, rookie quarterback, still hasn't thrown an interception after three games, still putting up big-time numbers. You know, and, and just – if you just watch Carson Wentz, you're like – you're not looking like you, – you, it doesn't seem like you're looking at a rookie. You're, you're looking at a, a veteran when you watch him. I mean, but he's not making mistakes. He's playing some big-time football. Defensively, they're playing some playing some big time football. Are the Philadelphia Eagles for real? Uh, I would say they're for real. And you know what I like about Carson Wentz? The interviews. We're taking it one week at a time. We're not. We, we you know, we 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 we're taking it one step at a time. You know, you know, I love Donovan McNabb, but when McNabb was there, you know, it was some little petty stuff that was going on with him and some of the guys. Carson Wentz doesn't have an ego. He gets out there, he's just playing football. You know, guys like that, guys want to play with him. You know, and I, hopefully he stays the way he is. I think he will. But, uh, you know, the way he carries himself, the way, and, 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 and I know the Eagles spent a lot of money on that defense too. They're finally coming around playing a tight football. They've been trying to play. And, uh, you know, the, I mean, picking him up and these other guys, uh, I mean, the free agent moves they made, uh, I think the Eagles are for real, and they're going to be hard to beat and uh, to slow down in that division. And, and uh, nobody's going to want to play them because they're clicking on all three cylinders, on all three phases. And definitely. And there's one thing, obviously, I'm impressed by Carson Wentz at offense, but I'm more impressed by that defense. I mean, that defense is playing some big time football, and no one was shutting down the Steelers. No one was stopping the Steelers, and they held the Steelers to three points and got after Big Ben. I think defensively, if they can continue to play 
the way they played thus far this season. And Carson Wentz, he doesn't have to put up big numbers, in my opinion, but if he could stay turnover-free and, and limit the turnovers, this this is a team that could be tough to beat. So it should be interesting to see what happens moving forward with the Philadelphia Eagles. Des Bryant, you know, hurt again, situation with his knee, you know, yeah. hairline fracture in his knee. And yeah. you look at Des Bryant. I mean, the, the injuries are starting to pile up. Obviously, yeah. the ability's there. Obviously, he's big time. Obviously, he's one of the best wide receivers in football when healthy. But over the years, he's had a hard time staying healthy. Is, is it, can we call basically Des Bryant injury prone at this point? I'm not going to say he's injury prone. He's been injured some, but uh, it's, it's time for him to just try to take care of that body in the offseason. And, and, you know, now I don't know if you want to say injury prone or these guys just don't do enough at training camp. I don't. I just don't think their bodies – they're not – it's so many injuries. If you look at the beginning of this year, I think they said it's more than any time, but I just don't know if they're doing enough at camp with those pads on, you know, to get that, that body used to that. And – and I know he was playing. The problem is, too, that turf grass, well, it's not grass. You know, power doesn't give. So once you plant and somebody starts hitting you or you're planted and they're tackling you, your body bends awkwardly on that turf grass because, you know, it's not really made to wear spikes like you're outside in grass. But those guys have to wear those spikes to dig in and be able to cut and run and, run and jump, but it's not grass. So they're digging in with those spikes and these cleats and they're making them more and more in advance, but the, but your body's not giving. Now, if that's grass, it's giving some. So it's it's kind of a touchy situation when you play on that artificial turf field, whatever that is that we played on, because it doesn't really give and it's not, but you're wearing spikes like you're in grass. But for a player like me, I would just wear molds. I didn't wear spikes. I would wear, you know, molded in rubber on your shoes, but they're not like, Spikes where you wear outside in wet terrain, but these skill position guys are wearing these spikes on, on that field to, so they can get a grip and they can run. And it's and it's it's that's why you see when they get tackled, all these guys are falling and getting their ankles rolled up and all this stuff because it's not giving. And you look at Des Bryant. I mean, Des Bryant. Excuse me. He missed a few days during the week. He was essentially a wall. Cowboys said it was all about passion. He was passionate. He was upset. Things of that things of that nature. Um, what's your thoughts on Des Bryant going AWOL basically for three days? No, you can't do that. You're a professional. He can't go AWOL. You know, he's got to be uh, – got to be over there. To, first of all, he's got a hairline fracture. I don't know what they can do, but he needs to be over there facility getting treatment. He needs to be in that meeting room helping those young guys, being prepared to play. You, hey, Des Bryant is a leader. He's a pro bowler. He's an excellent football player. He's a leader on that team. So it's, it's football season. You can't go A to A wall because you're pouting and because you're mad, mad because you're getting hurt. You got to do whatever you got to do to get better, and then you got to do whatever you got to do in the off season to try to make sure this doesn't happen again. But like you said, if it continues to happen more, you know, I forget what he hurt last year. Uh, they kept him. I think it was his foot, but uh, I think it was, it was the know, foot. Yeah, it was the foot. So you know, it's the, the, if it's a hairline fracture, that can heal up. But like I said, when you're getting tackled awkwardly and, and, and things like that, then uh, you know th- things can happen. But he's the leader on that team, so he can't be AWOL. He's got to show up and be accountable. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rove, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, we saw him last week. Him and Josh, uh, Josh Norman. Finally had their meeting. Finally had their battle. Statistically, you can argue Beckham got the better of the two. First half was all Norman. Second half was Beckham. But you saw a lot of emotional outbursts from Odell Beckham there on the sidelines, whether it's kicking the net and the net hitting him and, you know, just pouting and running around on the sidelines, crying, things of that nature. When you watch that, What's your thoughts on Odell Beckham and these emotional outbursts? Well, I don't have a – you know, he's a, he's a young man, and he's passionate about the game. So I, I don't have a problem. I'd rather have somebody that cares than somebody that doesn't care. Now, he's got to control that because he doesn't want his teammates 
and he doesn't want the other team to see him getting frustrated like that because then they're going to start getting on him more. So as he matures, he, you know, he won't he won't be that passionate about the game. He, I mean, he's always going to be passionate, but he, he'll have to control it. You know, when you're young in the league, you think every year is going to be a great year. You think the team's going to win. You know, and th- you, you know he went to a big time college program. You know, it's the NFL. It's tough. It's hard to get a win every week in the NFL. Every week is different. Every week is a new challenge with guys being hurt and everything. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like the passion, but it needs to be more controlled. And and hopefully, he, as he as he gets a little older and matures, he'll understand. You know, you're not going to win all the time, but it's it's part of, it's part of the growing process. So. I have no problem with it, Paul. I'd rather be emotional and upset than happy about, you know, somebody told me he was upset because he was dropping balls too, so he dropped some balls. So uh, I'd rather him be upset than not upset and being on the sideline giggling about it. Now, have you ever seen anybody cry on the sidelines because they're not making plays and things of that nature? No, you know, I, I'm not going to say I've seen nobody cry, but we were 5-0 with the Pittsburgh, and I gave up my first shot. We got beat up in Pittsburgh my rookie year, and, you know, on the paper there, I was crying. I mean, I was upset. I was emotional. I was crying after the game, and, I mean, that's part of it that comes with it, man. When you, you – the NFL, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough league, and, and we started 5-0, and and everybody was excited, and uh, – so yeah, you know, you, you know, the things are gonna happen sometime, Paul. So I'm not gonna say say that he's a young man and he's got to learn, and 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 you know, it's, you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some, but you know, as he matures, he'll understand that. But that tells you right there, it means something to him, and every game means something to him. But you know, every game he's not gonna be just score. He hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns this year. Last year he was tearing it up, and I know he's the fastest one to reach 200 receptions, but uh, every game, some guys are going to get after you sometime. I mean, these guys are good football players, and he's got a name and a reputation, and they're going to try to get every every week he's a marked target because he's a pro bowler, and he's got off to a great start in his career, and he's on commercials. So guess what? Everybody wants to play against him, Paul, and every week somebody's trying to make a name off Odell Beckham now. And he has to For understand sure. that when you, when you want to be the man, that comes with the territory. Somebody's trying to knock you off. I want to ask you this before we get out of here. Ben Simmons, Philadelphia 76ers, fractured his foot today. And I want to ask you from this standpoint. He, he said he gained 33 pounds over the summer. 33 pounds. I mean, that's a lot of weight over yeah. the summer. Uh, you're an athlete. I mean, uh, have you ever had that kind of weight gain? Or weight loss in that no. period of time, like three, four months. Well, he's six ten, but that's a lot of weight to put on that body and that frame. That's too much. That's too much. He should not have gained. I don't care if he's lifting weights. That's too much weight, and that 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 could be something to do with him fracturing his foot. That's too much weight for him to put on that frame in one summer. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot. That's too much. But but there's no way. I saw, I saw uh, the kid from Kansas. He looks real good. Hopefully that kid, uh, MB, can stay healthy because I think he's yeah. going to be a special player. I hope so, too. I mean, I hope so, too. I was hoping that Ben Simmons would stay healthy as well. But, I mean, to your how, point. How long is he out for? Well, there's no timetable at this point. I guess at this point they're trying to figure out what direction they're going to go in terms of treatment, whether or not surgery, no surgery, things of that nature. But – Obviously, 33 pounds, when, when I heard that, he said he went from 217 to 250. And when I heard that, I was like, that don't sound right. That sounds unnatural. Well, he, he said know, all he's, been working out with, he's been working out with LeBron, and he's been trying to bulk up for the NBA because he wants to be bigger in the NBA. But you don't need to be 250. You know, I, If he had gained 10, 15 pounds and been about 230, then that would have been, you know, and maybe gained 250 over like a, three- or four-year period, but you don't need to gain 30 pounds in one summer. That's just too much weight on that body. He doesn't understand. His body's got to get used to carrying that weight. So if he showed up about 230, that would have been good, Paul, but 250, that's too much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, his body has to get used to carrying that type of weight around, and 
it, it can't be used to that. I mean, that's 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 got to be a shock to the body. And obviously, maybe it has something to do with him fracturing his foot today. We'll see. Who knows? Willie, pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Who, who, who does Philly have this week? Uh, Philadelphia's on by. They're on by. Well, good man. I know the city's happy. I think they. I think that uh, Philadelphia finally found another franchise quarterback after McLab. It's been a few guys, and I'm happy Sam Bradford looks good. So, I mean, Carson Wentz could be a guy that could be there ten years and can hopefully, maybe lead Philly back to the promised land. We'll see. I mean, do you think Minnesota's for real? Minnesota looks good too. That defense, woo. Yeah, they look that defense good. Is big time. Big time. But, but they spent a lot of money on the defense. And that's what True. the Saints have spent the money on the offense. They paid the tackle. They paid, they paid Bird. But really and truly, the Saints, as much of the money has been on the offense, well, they, they spread it out. But they, they got to go, go and get some good veterans on that defense side of the ball. And when that dead money comes available, and, and they, I mean, they really got to draft and get that defense going because – you know, Drew Brees has a few good years left in him, and, and, and you don't want to see him playing on teams that aren't as good because, you know, they just can't compete defensively and they can't stop anybody. For sure. And, and like you said, offensively, it seems fine. No issues there. It seems like, again, that defense. I guess it wasn't Rob Ryan's fault after all. After all. <laughs> <laughs> take care. All right. Take care. Hall of Famer. Willie Rove. Um, we're going to bring in another guy. Um, Louis Areola, the head of Nyla Productions. Again, this this production group has done some movies for TV One, done some movies for BET as well. So we're going to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now. This is a guy doing some big things in Hollywood. Let's bring him in now. The head of Nyla Productions, Louis Areola. Louis, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, my pleasure. Now, Lewis, you were the executive producer of the movie Only for One Night, which aired on BET back in September. For those who missed it, tell them what they missed and what they can expect. Well, they missed a fascinating movie, a thrilling movie with Brian White, Carisha Tran. It's a movie about uh, how easy a someone could get trapped into an affair and how things turn sideways for the uh, for the characters. But it's a it's a suspenseful and a thrilling movie. For sure. So so let me ask you this. I, I'm looking at you now successful COO of LDI Networks, a telecommunications company. That company's doing big things, and, and, and now you're doing movies. How did that happen? Well, it, it was... I've always had friends and uh, celebrity friends that brought me different projects, and I found a, um, a project that I really cared. I thought it was pretty good. I created a couple of movies, I really like the process and how that happened. But more importantly, I like the, the chance to create a platform to be able to have the young talent to showcase okay. their, their talent as well. So uh, from there, I just took it over, and I thought it was a great idea to continue. How long did you have this vision? To be honest, it, it, the vision has always been around with the friends that I've had. I just wasn't exactly in the position to do it. And now that I was, uh, I would say probably the last five years, been wanting to really go after it and uh, be out, be able to, uh, to create a platform for the young talent. Lewis, obviously you did and do, are doing big things, telecommunications world. But what makes a guy like you so successful? What's the secret to your success? To surround yourself with uh, with motivated people that uh, understand your vision, that's able to support, to be able to uh, each one understands the responsibility, and each one has 
are, you know, we're dependent on each other. And as a team, I just happen to be the manager of the team, but everyone has important roles within my corporation. It's the old saying, you're as strong as your weakest link, percent believe in that. What's it like working for Louis Ariola? Well, it depends on who you talk to. I'm, <laughs> I'm very driven. So I, have to, I believe being in the first one in the office and the last one to leave. So if I, uh, if I see the, someone, the, my managers, not in, their employees or someone that comes in that's under them, come before the managers, I have a problem with that. So I'm always driving everyone to become better than they are, uh, that I am. I want them to uh, eventually, if they are interested in doing their own telecom, that they're able to have the knowledge to become as successful as I am in telecom. So I try to educate and give them as well as the knowledge. And I've had a lot of them that went open their own companies and, uh, and you know, now we're uh, – partners or we do you know we work together uh, but in different entities so let me ask you this 2015 good year for you both movie wise both in the telecommunications world as well 2016 even better what does 2017 look like for nyla productions the the sky is the limit i mean i i really i have a lot of different projects right now one that's really really and uh, I'm very, very excited about. It's called Up North. We're about to, sh- at the end of this month, we're about to shoot a uh, pilot uh, about a young man that had a lot of potential uh, and is because of some decision making, he's going up north. And up north is an East Coast slang of going to prison, like to Rikers. And so he's going into a world who, who he doesn't know in order to survive. And then at the same time, a man who had a lot, of, an older man who had a lot of uh, potential because of the same decision, went into t- uh, to prison, now is coming out into a world that he doesn't know. He has to learn how to survive in that, in that world. And how their decisions affect also their family. I'm excited. Extremely, extremely excited about this project, and we, you know, we have a lot of uh, young, talented writers that is going to be writing on this project, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a great uh, a series. It's going to be a TV series. Netflix are already interested in it, so that's just going to be a really nice one. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds real good, actually. I mean, very intriguing. A very good storyline. So. You talk about you have a lot of young writers. What do you look for in a writer? I look for someone that has a lot of ideas and how he's able to articulate it in his their ideas in a way that brings emotion, how they talk about their ideas. It's always in, uh, interesting to me. Um, so these, these young, young men and their ideas, how they... It's fascinating to me because I don't have that talent. I can't put an idea into paper. But these people, (laughs) these young people, it's incredible how they'd be able to put, articulate their ideas and create a story behind that. It's amazing. It is, definitely. We're talking to the head of Nyla Productions, Louis Areola. And Louis, it seems like your niche audience seems to be African-Americans as your movies have appeared on TV One, BET, and have mostly uh, black actors as well. What made you go after this particular market? Well, it, it's a market that I know. Uh, and I uh, have a lot of uh, friends in that market as well. Uh, it's not necessarily something that um, it's uh, always going to be there for me. But uh, right now, my goal as in, in starting the production company, like I said, I always wanted to give opportunities to, to people. And uh, right now, the, if I'm able to give, bring, there's a lot of black young talent that is extremely talented but not given a chance. And I'm hoping to be able to open, through my platform, open their uh, uh, 
let other people know about these uh, these talents. So eventually, do do you expect maybe to have an Emmy winner, uh, an Oscar award winner come from Nyla Productions? Absolutely, I'm really. I I'm telling you this: the one that the pilot that I'm I'm uh, planning on doing, I do believe is. I hope to be very successful. So let me ask you this. Five years from now, what will the world be saying about Nyla Productions and Louis Areola? I hope they are saying that the quality of work that comes out of Nyla is uh, Emmy. Uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's Emmy-wise. Um, it's something that's entertainment, it's something that's clean, it's something that, uh, you know, my, I also strive to have something that is not shooting them up, you know, we don't have to put ne- unnecessary language in there that's cursing all the time. I like something clean, but entertainment as well. Okay. So clean and entertaining. Correct. So let me ask you this, where, where can fans go to find out about all the great things going on with Nyla Productions? Well, right now, we are really working on our new website. Uh, It's nyla.com. But for, uh, you know, right, there's more and more news that's going to be coming out about Nyla. And, you know, we have, uh, I have, you know, people that's writing and and letting people know about Nyla and, uh, you know, some really, really talented people that works for for me that is really doing a great job out in the market. Sounds good, Lewis. Man, it was it was a pleasure talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best Likewise. of luck with all the great things you I got really going on with Dollar Productions. Would love to do it again. I will be. I would love to uh, be on again. Take care. Lewis Ariola, president, head of Nyla Productions. Pleasure talking to Lewis. We got about a minute left here, a couple minutes left. Um, let's look at the baseball this weekend. I mean, a lot of interesting things can happen. A lot of interesting scenarios could happen. Could run into a situation where you have a three-way tie, and that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun, actually. But you got a lot of meaningful baseball, a lot of meaningful baseball in Boston with the Red Sox and the the Blue Jays. Blue Jays fighting for their playoff lives at this point. Red Sox fighting for that home. Fighting for that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Had a little technical difficulties there. Got that taken care of. In Philadelphia, the Mets and the Phillies. First off, in Boston, you got David Ortiz, Big Poppy, his final regular season weekend in Boston. And Philly, Ryan Howard's final regular season, uh, probably with the Phillies. He's done with the Phillies after this year. But the Mets are looking to, you know, take care of their situation in a wild card. You know, so they, they – they, it's a big baseball game, obviously. They got a one-game lead over the Cardinals, them and the Giants. So a lot of important baseball – to be played. You got the Tigers out there against the Braves. Uh, another game that matters a lot. I mean, you got a lot of great baseball this weekend. That means a lot to a lot of teams, and a lot is going to happen. I can't wait to see how this whole thing unfolds, but it should be fun. Tyson Fury, heavyweight champion of the world, beat Vladimir Klitschko a few months ago. Now, you know, a couple postponements to that fight. But now Tyson Fury at this point in time is positive for cocaine. Probably is going to be stripped. And it should be interesting to see what happens with that. But, I mean, Tyson Fury, wow, it's been a whirlwind few months for him. And so he's obviously dealing with some personal issues, some struggles, and hopefully he can work through that. But Vladimir Klitschko hopefully fights at Anthony Joshua sometime in December. That would be a lot of fun. But I want to thank Willie Rowe for stopping by. I also want to thank the head, the founder of Nyla Productions uh, for joining us, Louis Areola. 
You can listen to this show on other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for it For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you next week. See you later. Bye.